Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today we're going to do a pitch deck review for Golden Leaf Holdings. And to help us do that is Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. So seven tips to a successful investment deck uh, is our criteria. We're going to be grading Golden Leaf Holdings at the end to see if they identify the business plan goals, if they know the investor audience, whether or not they understand the market, if they identify needs and roadblocks, whether they know what sets the business apart, if they introduce the team and products, and if they create a summary with the call to action. So with that, let's jump right into Golden Leaf Holdings publicly traded. So they're well positioned, according to them, with a strong growth consistent with the most highly valued companies in the industry, comparatively undervalued, um, just 1x of 2018 sales with an expanding geo footprint in California, Canada, Oregon, Nevada, and some more eventually. <laughs> the brand focus is a secure future in the industry, establishing a brand that will endure the industry's volatility. They have lots of pretty pictures, Josh. Let's get to some content. <clears throat> yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> so they believe that cannabis has the ability to remove obstacles to be the their best self. Okay, so all these, there's like a meme one after another. Just give me some info. Oh, we're 10 pages in with nothing of substance. It, I mean, it's like mission and vision and, and all this stuff, but it's like, just give me some info already, man. All right, 2020 priorities uh, on slide 13. It's finally, we get to something here. Um, so how do they behave? They look at quality and clarity, agility, diverse and inclusive, and then how to make a difference. Um, they want to help customers buy and use cannabis and they want to their, their plan on succeeding is to sell the culture, to have innovation, integrity, and leadership. Um, for them, expanding is the most uh, important thing right now. In order to do that, they need to launch new products, develop new markets, create operational efficiencies, execute excellence, and be an industry-leading team uh, with um, developing and inspiring their team and, and compliance-focused. <clears throat> Not uh, Laudable goals, Josh. Not impressed so far with this deck. <laughs> All right. I, another slide on priorities. They could have just maybe had this one instead. Yeah. There's your, there's another picture for you. The word brand on it. All right. So these are a lot of Oregon companies, um, Chalice and Golden Jackpot. Uh, Chalice is huge. When I saw them in Oregon and Portland at some of the events, they were literally building like a log cabin at the expo. So I know that they spent a ton of money on those. I don't know if they got it returned or not. Um, I bought a cigar, you know, Canagar from them down in Portland. It was like a year old. So I'm not sure if they look at their inventory at Chalice Farms or not. But uh, that is some of the brands that they have some cartridges. So they are showing us some of their, their products. That's good. They've got some tincture, fruit chews. Yeah, maybe these could be in the appendix, I suppose, if they're going to highlight each one on its own slide. I just kind of want to see, generally speaking, what kind of products people have to go in detail like this 
would be more beneficial to kind of throw all of this in an appendix somewhere to not clutter your deck because we are now at page 25 and they're still going through stuff so i i commend their providing the investor with their products but i agree uh we should tell our listeners that this is a 51 page pitch deck uh, and they spent approximately nine pages on their products. Uh, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Josh, they could put their products on one page. Um, we're, we're to page 27 without any real substantive information. Yeah, they've got ambitious product launch plan that includes California, Nevada, and Oregon with edibles, oils, tinctures, uh, trying to have 28 products launched um, uh, by the beginning of last year. So this deck is at least 12 months old. So that's, that'll give us a decent idea of uh, how they were able to complete their idea or plan. Now, I like this particular slide. All of their products are on it with launch dates. Uh, very, very nice slide, this one. Uh, unfortunately, it's slide 26 right <laughs> uh a product launch for concentrates so i guess that was um edibles and here's concentrates uh they're and then tincture product plan so kind of milestones again they've got uh, several different slides for all their milestones for all their products um here's another quote for you with a nice little picture <laughs> Uh, their footprint. All right. So the existing and expanding in future states, they'd like to get into Illinois and Michigan and Massachusetts. Their goal was to do that last year. Um, I didn't hear anything about them getting into Illinois or Michigan or Massachusetts, but maybe they did. Their initiative, 750 million in, in, uh, in Oregon. 2.9 billion is their initiative for California and 650 million for Nevada. New markets, they're looking at 2 billion in annual sales, looking at third-party manufacturing and distribution partners for Illinois and Michigan and a partnership in Massachusetts uh, with a wholesale team in Northern California with licensing acquisitions and leveraging a third-party distribution. So they're trying to have uh, operational efficiencies. That was the all the rage in 2019-2020, which was to increase your profits and reduce your expenses. That's what they were trying to do with this, uh, this slide here. In terms of uh, production, they're going to acquire del um, a delivery company. No, they're going to acquire Tosmos to deliver and enhance oil. So operational controls, reallocate open positions across functions, blah, blah, blah. So we're working on what, slide 30 here? Slide 43 before we get to the team leadership. <laughs> now, I do like that they're trying to address cost of goods sold. Uh, we weren't given any numbers, but we were given their plan to address cost of goods sold. So at least they're aware of it. All right, so their culture, redefining and evolving, starting with uh, personal integrity, um, all the way down to fixing breaches immediately. Oh, okay. 
I mean, this is more like mission vision statements, like everything is. I understand that that culture is very important to their company and that they are building that culture. But now we are on page 47 of 51 before we get to their sales. Oh, these, these are projected sales. This, this, this is a total addressable market for, for the new, new emerging states for Illinois, Michigan, and Massachusetts. This should have been like slide one, <laughs> slide 47. So, and then here's, oh my God, now we're in the appendix. Oh, a cap table. Wow. Uh, wow, that's nice. We always like to see a cap table. We very, very rarely see a cap table. So good for them for including a cap table. Yeah. Um, especially for a publicly traded company. So showing, you know, shares outstanding with some warrants and options, interest on the convertible debentures. Uh, so showing just some sh general share information. So their financial positions, um, 22 million in liabilities, 68 million in assets. Okay. 21 million of that is intangible with 25 million being goodwill. <laughs> yeah, right. I think those numbers are, are a little high. They're going to have to write down that goodwill. Uh, yeah, that's just a matter of time. We'll see. Goodwill and intangible is 50 million of their 68 million assets. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You only have 10 million in property, plant, and equipment. That's real assets. The rest of it is just waiting to be written down or off entirely. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Profit and loss summary. Um, the earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization from fourth quarter 2017 was a negative 5 million. Um, and then same time in fourth quarter, also negative 5 million. Um, so they still have, they still weren't positive. Um, maybe they were last year in 2020. Not sure. Don't have those numbers in front of me. Um, but that is it. So after a whole lot of slides, we got to see Golden Leaf Holdings. This is probably one of the worst decks I've seen from a publicly traded company who should have a lot of money to throw in something that is less fluffy and more substance. Um, this read like like an Instagram page for like a motivational uh, weight, you know, training instructor more than it did uh, a business. I, I felt like they were trying to inspire people more than they were to inform them. Um, so not not my most favorite deck here, but let's jump into the seven tips to a successful investment deck. Katrina, number one, did they identify the business plan goals? Growth. <laughs> okay. That sounded like a question mark on the end who, how, we don't know. They, they just want to grow. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt on number one, because it's going to get worse going on. So <laughs> number two, do they know the audience? Um, they, they did not know the investor audience very well. Uh, there was not a lot of detail that an investor would be looking for uh, and, and I always give, uh, give the caveat of publicly traded companies uh, have to do their pitch decks differently, but um, there, was, there was scant information that an investor would be looking for. So I, I cannot give them a point for knowing their audience, Josh. 
Okay. <clears throat> I think I might give them a half a point. Um, they put a lot of information in there. Um, didn't really address, I think, the investor audience all that well. But we do, like you mentioned, we do give leniency for, um, you know, foreign pitch decks as we do give leniency for publicly traded pitch decks because there's just a certain level of information that they can or can't give as well as you know with the the foreign decks that we get there's just a different culture and language so uh, again trying to utilize these seven tips of successful investment deck but kind of being a little bit lenient at times did they understand the market i do like the fact that they talked about cost of goods sold I do like that they are uh, an MSO looking to grow and replicate their success in these states uh, as more states come online. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of um, a, a lot of information about how or when or how, who. Uh, uh, half a point, just because they said cost of goods sold. <laughs> All right. Um, identify needs and roadblocks. Uh, there's there's a lot of issues with being a multi-state operator and being vertically integrated and all of those. I didn't see anything about um, issues that they were going to have getting into new states, getting licensed. Um, I don't know. I, Are we going to give I them a, a point? Any struggle that this company might face on their way to uh, tapping that $6.9 billion market in California, um, the pitch deck made it seem easy. Um, uh, I, I didn't see them identifying any potential uh, roadblocks at all. All right, zero points for identifying needs and roadblocks. Number five, did they give us a secret sauce or even know what sets a business apart? I don't think I saw anything on there referencing or referring to competition at all. I, I don't think they had one slide out of 51 addressing their competition. Um, and we've talked about this in other uh, podcasts that failure to address your competition is really bad for an investor uh, because either you don't know what your competition is doing and that's just not very good comment on the team or um, your your competition is doing something that you can't compete with you can't address uh, with your company which is not a good sign either uh, i really encourage golden leaf holdings to put something in their slide about their competition the mso's are getting bigger and fewer. So it's not that hard to set out. This is what MedMen is doing. This is what CureLeaf is doing. I just cannot believe that um, in at this stage, a, a, a company will not address their competition. And that is, a, a, unfortunately, no points, Josh. Would agree with that. Uh, they did introduce the team and they did introduce the products. I think we can give them a full point for that. I, yeah, uh, I like their product slide. I don't think they needed uh, 15 or 16 of them, but I did like their product slide. And they did, one of the things that they set out very nicely in their product slide 
was not only are they vertically integrated and in giving a customer a variety of products, but they also addressed the price point of the products. And so they have one brand that may be considered budget, one brand that may be considered mainstream, and one brand that is premium. And I like that. I, I really like when a company takes into account price to the customer. And so I, I do like that a lot. I'm, I'm going to give them a, a full point for, for uh, teams and product. Okay. And then being publicly traded, they can't really give us a call to action necessarily. They ended up giving us something in, in the appendix with some numbers, kind of trying to create a summary. Is that enough for a half a point? Yeah, uh, I do like the inclusion of live financials. I do like the inclusion of the cap table. Uh, and these are all things that they should build on um, when, when, they, when they take a look at this pitch deck again, um, the things that you and I like are the things that actually have information. Uh, and, and if you didn't actually see this pitch deck and you're just listening to this podcast, um, this 51 page pitch deck, approximately 30 pages are just photographs. Um, with a line of text or an inspirational quote from somebody. Uh, and I understand they're trying to reinforce that they are a cultural brand. I, I get that. But they spent way too much of their precious resources in front of an investor eye hmm. on pretty photographs. Uh, I that's really, the thing you can be all about culture and you can show that on Instagram but when you're in front of an investor and you're wasting their time there's no room there's no time for that <laughs> yeah I mean it was just photograph after <clears throat> photograph of uh, uh, quite frankly young white millennials <laughs> yeah. uh, in the woods uh, playing in the water and in camping and 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 hiking and um, uh, no, you, 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 you just, you, you just can't do that. Um, I, I would really advise Golden Leaf to pare down that aspect of their pitch deck and amplify their, their information, real information about their company. Uh, and they would do much better uh, with the seven tips to a successful pitch deck if they included more real information instead of aspirational photographs, Josh. I concur. So that's three and a half out of seven. That's a 50%. That's better than some, but worse than many. So right there, halfway down the middle, three and a half out of seven leaves for Golden Leaf. With that, I think we're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.